Welcome, beloveds, to another episode, episode 17 to be exact, of Not a Widow but a Goddess. I hope you've had an amazing week uh, last week, and we're here at the, the beginning of a new week. Um, but this episode won't air till fr- till Thursday. Um, so today I have uh, my first guest, uh, Lara Foss, who is a really, really good friend of mine. We've known each other, Lara. Welcome for a couple of years. Um, and uh, I think we first met at a massage uh, continuing education workshop, right? We did, many moons ago. I believe. <laughs> I know. So Laura and I decided to, we signed up for, um, you know, as a massage therapist, you have to do continuing that every two years here in North Carolina. And so we signed up to do this Ashiatsu modality, which is massaging with your feet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it was my first time uh, learning anything of, of that nature. But it was like one of the best modalities that I absolutely enjoyed. Yes. Um, and uh, and I, I enjoyed doing it so much. And so meeting you there was, uh, we connected rather quickly. And, um, and then after I started working at Precision Fitness with you. That's right. Yeah, yeah. And so our yeah. friendship continued. Yes. Um, so welcome to uh, Not a Widow But a Goddess, and thank you so much for taking some time to share yourself with me. How are you doing today? I'm a little bit weary today. My uh, dog of 13 and a half years is, I took him to the vet and he's got congestive heart failure. So he's mm-hmm. under the bed right now, barely breathe, and he won't eat anything. Mm-hmm. I thought it would be interesting as we're talking about healing and life to bring up our pets because we can do everything we can for them. And then we know they're, they're good. Whatever happens are good. But with people, it is so different when we lose someone we love. Yeah, uh, absolutely. And I feel that, you know, pets for, for many people are like their children, right? Um, and uh, they're part of the family. And so we can go through the same type of grief experience we do with losing our pets the same way we can losing humans. Yeah. Yeah. So let's go with this for a little bit, if you don't mind, um, because you, you are in this space of, um, with, tell me, tell me his name. Max. Max. We yeah. have to call Max by his name. Yeah. <laughs> um, so with, with Max, uh, with his condition and with some grief coming up for you, tell me what that feels like, like in the moment to have uh, as you settle into the possibility that um, you could lose him. What What's going through your mind, your body? The first thing that I think about is he was there with my late husband when he passed. He was there comforting him. Mm. Then the transition happens once again. That's the first thing that came to my mind. Mm-hmm. He's he's lived a full life here. He's been here for us. We've been there for him. And as sad as it is, it's it's beautiful too because mm-hmm. I love that has come between 
this furry baby and my son and I. <laughs> right. <laughs> and I know he's listening. He's under the bed now. So I read him that poem. Did you? <laughs> yes, just been laying under the bed next to the bed and letting him know that I'm there. Yeah. And he knows that, you know, he, he can feel because animals feel energy very, very yeah. much. So he gets the sense too. And, and he's doing his own, I'm sure, his, his own process and an integrate in the way animals will do it for themselves. Yes. Yeah. And that's alone, which is interesting, right? Yes. Yes. Yeah. And, you know, I, I find that very interesting that, that pets, when they're about to die, they go off in some corner, some space to be alone by themselves. That's right. Yeah. Here, I didn't want my husband to be alone, and Max was there. Right. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. It's very interesting. Yeah. So much that we can learn from our animal companions. Yeah. Um, so, Laura, I, I want to give our listeners, um, because this podcast really is all is all about, one, supporting um, women uh, who have um, – you know, even as I say, I, I was about to say women who have lost spouses, but even as I say that, sometimes when I say that now, it, it doesn't even seem right for me because uh, loss, what comes up for me is like loss in what sense? Because, you know, for me, hassle is still so much a part of my life and I, I don't feel like I have necessarily lost him. His physical presence isn't here, but so much of him still is here. Yeah. Um, yeah, I agree. And so it's just a different kind of loss. You know, we can call it something else because, because we are energy. Energy cannot be created or destroyed. It changes form. So they are with us in a different form. That's right. That's right. So how, how let's see if we can rephrase this then. And so um, in supporting women who have blank uh, beloved, who have... Okay. Um, yeah, so finding a word that... Our beloveds that have gone onto a different plane. There you go. I like that. Because they're here with us. Yeah, right, yeah. Our beloveds who have traveled to a different plane, a different dimension. And that's so true. Because yeah. there are so many dimensions. Life in our world is what we see, what we touch, all of our senses. But you and I both know, and everybody else, it's so much more than mm -hmm. that. That's Life right. It's just a moment in time. So when we step outside of that and see the big picture, it doesn't feel like loss. Anymore. That's right. Yeah. Well, thank you for saying that. Because I think so many people need to, to, to hear that, you know? That's true. Yeah. I think so many people need to hear it. Just to be reminded that um, there are just different ways in which I can connect. And if I can open myself enough to the possibility that this realm of reality that I'm living in is just but one realm of reality that exists. Yes. When you open your mind to this bigger picture, it takes the grief away. Mm -hmm. It's just all part of what we call life, which is just a moment in time and a realm. Mm hmm Mm, you're speaking my language. Um, so I, I want to give our listeners an opportunity to um, hear your story of your beloved uh, transition into another dimension. And, and yeah. 
So whatever you'd like to share about um, that story, um, whatever feels right for you, um, we'd we'd love to we'd love to be here with you. Do you know that it started? The whole journey started two years before Brian passed. Mm was when I saw you in Fresh Market and you told me about your husband. It was one of my biggest fears. And I did the worst thing you could ever do to someone who is in grief. I started crying because it was one of my biggest fears. And Amanda just had to walk away. And I felt so bad and I apologized later. And then after I've gone through this, now I understand. But then two years later, something very similar happened to my husband that happened to hers and they were the same age. So we have all these parallels. And it took me two years before I could talk to Amanda. It was too raw. And she was the one person I needed to speak to. But it took me two years after. It's been a little over three years now. Mm -hmm. Brian passed to the other realm. Mm -hmm. And uh, I was able to talk with you finally and the healing, let the healing flow. Because I, I was able to be at a point where I can talk without crying until I saw you <laughs> it's like looking in the mirror so yeah. the same thing and had children and everything on this all happened but when I let that healing finally occur when I was ready for it I gave myself permission to wait the strangest thing happened I didn't want to be around anybody I knew anybody that reminded me of the pain I wasn't ready it took me two years and then when I was ready to face the music and understand that everything's changed after 20 years of being with a man that I love that I have a beautiful son with the one I thought we were going to have all these plans for the future because I do like living in the future. I always I have learned to be present and I am so much happier for that. So when I gave myself permission to be in the present and be able to talk with you, then I started healing. Mm. So remember when we talked about, you were telling me about, uh, Healing is like this beautiful mess, like we're in a cocoon mm-hmm. where this it's it's a beautiful mess. It's slimy. You're going through this transition. Right. Absolutely. I was in that for two years. And then the beautiful butterfly, the goddess emerged mm-hmm. and joy. Mm-hmm. And and then I, I was attracting a lot of other widows that needed that light. Right. My son was the same thing. He was around other kids in hospice that could not get past losing. They felt like they lost their their parent forever. So my son was able to help them. So in helping other people, it makes all the difference with anything you're going through. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, you know, sometimes it still mystifies me the parallels in our stories, right? Because both of our husband uh, passed away at 45. That's right. Um, both were very healthy and in shape. Yes. Um, we were both married for 20 years, <laughs> right? Uh, yes. uh, to, to, to our spouse. And, and I think the cause of death was also the same. same. The same. 
Yeah, yeah. So it's kind of freaky when you hear about it. It's like, how is that even like, you know, it's like the mind is like, oh, that's that's crazy. Yes. Yeah. You know, um, but I have to say, it's like when we I remember the, the fresh market um, when we met in fresh market, because I hadn't seen you in, in a long time. Right. Yes. yes. Um, and uh, and I remember your reaction and, and how you teared up. And I didn't know the why, right? Because, you know, sometimes people cry around you, but you really don't know the why. Yeah. And, you know, fear, right? And oftentimes, yeah. and, 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 and this is why, you know, I also want to let our listeners know that it is hard for people who have not gone through loss like that to be around other people who are in grief because it brings up that fear, oh, this could be me too at some point. Yes. Right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I don't want to. I don't want to be reminded of what could be. So I'm not going to hang around too much. Yes. yes. <laughs> it's almost like you're going to rub off on me. So I'm going to stay clear just a little bit. But I understand that, right? Because we yeah. we here in the West we don't do a really good job of of spending time with the possibility that of of death. Yeah whether it's ourselves or the, those that we love. Um, but when we reconnected, I think a couple years after, uh, Brian, um, and you were ready to, to talk and ask me questions and, um, and, and share yourself in, in that space and share some of your fears with me. It was really like watching, uh, myself in a mirror, um, which also gave me permission to actually, in speaking with you also to heal a little deeper. It's like, you know, because things come up in everyone's story. You know, I see myself always, uh, there's some aspect of myself that I see in someone's story. And when they bring up something and it resonates with me, it's like, Oh, this is an opportunity for me to also, um, heal some aspect of my story. So it's quite a symbiotic um, exchange, I should say. Yes, we are all connected. Mm-hmm. We're all here for each other in some way, shape, or form. I don't think this is random at all. It's not. And, you know, I have to say that for a couple of years, I kept, med- I kept meeting um, people who had loved ones who had died of a pulmonary embolism. Oh, wow. Right. And, and every time that happened, I would watch my reaction because that the word pulmonary embolism was a trigger for me. Um, when I was in the heightened stages of my PTSD, like I couldn't hear anything about a blood clot because my sympathetic nervous system would start to roar and I'd get uh, panic attacks. But every time I met someone uh, who would tell me their story, there was a, a young man that built um, an outdoor sectional for me. And he was in his 20s and we got to talking and he had lost his mom. Uh, I think his mom was a teacher or a professor or something. And his mother died of a pulmonary embolism. And when this kept happening, I'm like, okay, there's something going on here because obviously there's some form of attraction here. 
But what I began to notice is that I began to notice that my own healing process, that everyone, as time went on, and I would meet these different people who had uh, encountered loss by the same same way that Hassel died, um, the triggers became less and less. Okay. I became less reactive every time. And then eventually, I was actually able to hold space for their story. Um, and when that, when that started happening, it gave me an inside look into where I was in my own healing process. That's wonderful. Yeah. So by the time you came to visit me and I was able to hold that space for you, I was wow. like, okay, I can, I can do this for her. Wow. I didn't know that. Yeah. That did make a big difference. That was a turning point for me mm-hmm. once I was ready. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I wanted to run away from the pain. Mm-hmm. It doesn't go so- anywhere until you face it. <laughs> <laughs> So tell me, what what was the most challenging part of the whole experience for you, like the grieving process? What was the most challenging aspect for you? The most challenging aspect was other family members. Hmm. Tell me a little bit about that. Uh, It was my in-laws. They wanted to take over and left off and and guide me they I guess they felt like I needed to be put on their path what they thought was right oh Mm. young you should marry but in again but wait two years first and you should do this and you should do that and this is what your son Kevin needs and I I think that made me feel like I was suffocating on top Mm. of and I ended up rebelling and not wanting any of them around me mm-hmm. so that is something I don't think people realize when you feel like you have lost your whole life because your loved one is no longer in this space I don't think people realize that there's a lot of external things that go on that heighten the grief because everybody's hurting that's and right painful things are said and all of that so are there any mistakes in life? No, there are challenges. All these right. things are happening so we can grow and learn. Mm-hmm. And and I have said my apologies to anybody that I have hurt. I'm able to be the bigger person and say, I was grieving so much. And I know you meant well, but I pushed you away. I needed my space. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of growth there in my heart and my soul and my spirit. That would have never been there if I didn't go through this grief. Mm, mm. Your transformation in who I am today. I feel like I'm a much better person. Right. Yes. Gone through that, and who would ever think (laughs) something like that could happen (laughs) out of something so tragic? Yeah. No. Absolutely. I I agree. One hundred percent. It's. I, I often, when I write my poetry um, or when I write period, I often liken grief as a as one of the wisest teachers I've ever met. Mm. She kicks ass, number one. Oh, yes. <laughs> and that's why she's a goddess. That's why she's a fucking goddess. Oh, yes, my so. God. That's for sure. 
um, you know, she and she she takes no. I mean, she and she's just going to give it to you straight, yes. and 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 you're not going to win that battle. She no. is right. No matter if you put it off for next year, two years, whatever. Yes. At some point, she's going to come back, and she'll be even more ferocious. Yeah. You know, she'll be even more ferocious. So I, I have learned to um, give her her space to do what she has to do. Um, yeah. So it's it's a it's a much uh, nicer journey. Um, me allowing her to flow. Yes. <laughs> I've been much more peaceful since I've done the same. Exactly. Exactly. So how how has life changed for you? Besides, of course, the obvious, Brian not being uh, present in your life. Oh, it has changed for the better, which doesn't sound right, does it? Mm-hmm. It's changed for the better. My son is the most bright light I have ever seen in my life. He before was just shuffling through life. I think he took life for granted. He was lazy. When he lost his father, who was his best friend, everything shifted. Uh, how old was, was Kevin when Brian uh, died? 13. 13. And, okay. Yeah. So he's, what, 16 now? Yes, he'll be 17 on the 16th of this month. Okay. But he was, his light didn't shine. It was so very dull, and he was just taking life for granted. When his father passed on to the other realm, it was an eye-opener. I mean, we came home from his cross country race and found him in our home. And I'm doing my best to reviving, revive him, even though I know he's not coming back to this plane. And my son's calling 911. And as tragic as that seems, it made us both stronger mm-hmm. and our bond so much stronger. And it has not been easy for us, but he is such a light and such an inspiration in this world. Mm-hmm. To make a positive difference. Right. He's, very, he's very serious though, which they like that <laughs> at work. He's a lifeguard at a county uh, recreational park and they like him. He's dependable and he's honest and he's a really good kid. So that is the biggest change. Cause I don't think that he would have been like this. I think he would have been the silly kid that didn't shine his light because he was just so used to having everything so easy. Right. He loved that we were so funny. His dad and I would go back and forth. He just, he had the perfect life. I wish I had that life growing up. And then (laughs) that was all taken away because that's part of life. Yeah. Yeah. And this is all. And look what happens. You just, you never know. You just never know. You know, I I think about my, my own children who were um, 15 at the time and 17 when they saw their father die. And, you know, a similar story is like, you know, our kids have grown up and, you know, very well off and they have everything and, you know, um, you know, didn't really grow up with a sense of lack, you know, uh, like my story, you know, definitely growing up in Ghana, we grew up very poor. And, and so it's the opposite for my kids. They're growing up in, in, in a lap of, um, you know, I don't want to say luxury because it's not quite luxury, but of means at least. Right. Um, and, uh, and to be 
thrust into an experience so suddenly where they see a parent uh, um, dying, it changes them. Oh, yes. Yeah. It changes them. They are forever changed. I know it is for both both of my my children and and they're 23 and 21 now and and um and a part of them will always still be there at that airport yes absolutely you know um but they see life differently now they know that um this life is this human life is very finite yes and that in any moment anything can happen and not to take life for granted, right? That's right. That's right. That's right. Um, it's hard to think that our kids are better off for it. I mean, that just seems so wrong to say that. But you know what? I feel in my heart that my husband is more there for my son now on this other plane. Mm-hmm. Really do. With everything in me. Yes. So I look at the big picture. Life is just a moment. There's so much more outside of this realm. Yeah, and I think that is such a a beautiful reminder for everyone listening to shift perspective, to open up ourselves that this is this is this is not it. That's exactly right. You know, this this space and time that we are inhabiting it's not it and you know and i think this was part of what made my grieving process along the way um this invitation to explore this other realm explore a a deepening relationship with my husband in spirit form um that really helped me significantly to still have to know that I can still be in relationship with him yeah. versus even speaking of him in, in a past tense, I could actually be in the present with him. Yes. And, and also move on at the same time. That's right. It's exactly. hard for a lot of people. They're still wearing their wedding ring. They feel like they need to do this. But I feel like our loved ones would want us to carry on. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, I, I, there's this saying that I always says that the dead doesn't suffer the living. The living is the only, we're the, the living are the only ones that are suffering the dead. So let's stop suffering. Exactly. 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 Because, you know, we have to remind ourselves that we still have this life to live out. Yeah. And, and, and how do we want to show up to it as fully as we can? Um, and, and that's not taken away, of course, from what we still feel, that we miss them, that, that we might yearn for their presence. Um, it, that's not taken away any of that. But what, what I'm saying is that we can include and. Absolutely. <laughs> and. Because they are with us. Exactly. And um, uh, what are you learning about yourself as a woman in this new chapter of your life? Well, I was definitely a widow in the beginning. Everybody looked at me that way. There were vultures and angels. You know this. I don't know what happened to you. But there's a lot of people that want to take advantage of widows. And That's there right. Are angels. 
So what I learned from this is I didn't realize how strong I was. Mm. I miss Brian immensely. And he was the wind beneath my wings. So I will fly. I will fly and I will think of him. Mm. He was so supportive. He was such a strong person. And I was a bit of a pushover. So we were total opposites 20 years Mm -hmm. ago. And I feel like he wanted me to fly. He wanted me to be confident and soar because that's how he saw me. Mm-hmm. But I was afraid. And yeah. so he helped me. He helped me. And he's like, he's always been an angel on this plane and the other. Right. On, on this plane, he was a grumpy <laughs> angel. <laughs> on this plane, there's no need to be grumpy. He's a bit grumpy, we have to admit. He never slept very well. He could never breathe out of his nose. He was like, I, you know, you don't get enough sleep. It'd be grumpy. So on the other plane, he would always say, that's when I really get true sleep because he was a pair as well as an athletic trainer. So he had some dark humor and it's funny, all those things that he said, I'm thinking about now, you know, they come up. Mm. Yes. He was always good with those one-liners, but we talked about death quite a bit because of him being a paramedic. And he told me he wanted me to move on. He wanted our son to have a father figure. Okay. So I realized, though, that I still just needed some time just to be alone. That's right. Heal. And it's, it's been great. Yeah. So let's see what the next chapter brings. <laughs> yeah. You know, you, <laughs> yes. I mean, you, you, you touch on something that I think is so important because I think we we have this fear of being alone right like when a beloved dies we have this fear that oh my god i'm alone now and yet i i have found and for me it's been august uh second will make six years since since hassel uh left for the other plane um and i've spent a good amount of those six years this five and a half years really getting to know me Mm-hmm. Like doing this practice because he was also my big cheerleader, one of my biggest cheerleaders. And so now I'm learning how to cheer for me. <laughs> yeah, right? it's nice, right? Yeah, it's very nice. It's like, oh my God, look at who I'm becoming. I was like, I, I I can be this 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 confident, strong. I can stand on my own feet and I can also have this this aspect of myself this masculine aspect of myself supporting the feminine aspect of myself. And so I, I feel like I'm, I'm moving into a more harmonious state of my being where I can, I, I can do for me what, what he did for me, but in a more, in a wholesome way, if that makes sense, it's like, Oh, I, I'm learning how to really hold all space for me. Yeah, it's complete. And it's, yeah, exactly, exactly. When we fall in love and have our kids and our our families, we're one and the same. But then when we experience what we have and there's transition, then we get to experience the beauty of completion within our own heart and soul and spirit. That's right. So I want to go back to something you said a little while ago when you were talking about um, some of the challenges after Brian uh, transitioned with his family and and how 
there you can have so much external interference because I think that is really really important um, for our listeners uh, to hear because yeah. it it does add another element of grief to to the journey when we have people who are trying to tell us what to do. Yes. Right. How to navigate our journey and yes. when we might not be ready to go in a particular direction, but yet we're hearing so much chatter in all these different directions to do this, do that. Yes. And it's okay. I just want our listeners to know that it's actually okay for you to set up boundaries. That's to, exactly right. Yes. Uh, but it took me a year. I I was too yeah. weak. I could barely get out of bed, but I had to. I had my mother that had dementia. I had to take care of my son. But in my heart and my soul, I was too weak to make the boundaries. Right. I needed to let the year of mourning go by for all of us. That's right. And the way I, I did, the way I handled my boundaries, my delivery was poor. Mm-hmm. I became angry with all mm-hmm. of them. And I said, no mas, uh-uh. no, <laughs> I am not a pushover. Right. <laughs> Brian to spent 20 years to make sure that I had that wind beneath my wings and that I can stand on my own and let me show. Right. So yeah, the delivery was poor in the beginning. Uh, I went through all the stages of feeling weak to angry to the, and now I understand. Yes. I need to teach my son that you can be more graceful when yeah. you uh, have boundaries with people. But um, it wasn't just my husband that that came, went over to the other plane. I lost my parents also. Mm. And my mother-in-law all mm. within the last three years and under COVID. Wow. So my loss. Yes. My son, you know, that, that's pretty tough for a kid to experience that. Yeah. So there wasn't much family left after that, but the ones that were left were um, cold uh, because of my horrible delivery and my boundaries. And I apologize, but uh, no. Yeah. Well, thank you for being so vulnerable with that. Right. Because I think people need to see that you will have these moments when the boundaries will be weak. Yes. The anger will come up and it's, it's actually all okay. Yes, there are no mistakes. There are no mistakes. There's just challenges. And it was a huge challenge. Right. And I forgive myself, even if they don't forgive me. That's right. I forgive myself. That's right. My son saw me. I really was so sorry and was regretful of how I handled myself. He saw me apologize and the door was still closed with my in-laws. So that's the best way to, to teach your kids is by example, hello, I, I am not perfect. I made horrible mistakes, but this is how I rise above and say, I really, I really handled this poorly. If I could have done it over, I would, but let me just tell you, I deeply am sorry for how I handled my pain and my boundaries. And even as you say that, I'm like, Part of what's coming up for me is, you know, to your point, there are no mistakes. And so is there even a need for an apology? Because even those mistakes, those mistakes are also what helped you to grow and evolve. They were mistakes. Well, they were, my delivery was still very poor. (laughs) 
right, to be right, honest, right. it was really bad <laughs> because I felt like I was being taken advantage of. Mm-hmm. And that was so wrong. And I should have just said that. But yeah. instead, I lashed out. I felt like I was thrown under the bus. So I threw my sister-in-law under the bus and that was horrible. You know, it was right. horrible. I, re- I do, I do regret that, but I've grown from it. And my son was able to see that I can be the bigger person and tell you that, yeah, I, I didn't do so good with all of that. Yeah. And I don't think that, uh, there's going to be any apologies on the other side because it was so one-sided that I see my mistakes, but there was also mistakes or there are no mistakes, challenges. I saw challenges on both (laughs) sides and I felt like I was being taken advantage of and I wanted to be strong. And that was my first step. My first challenge was to set those boundaries and to learn that you can do it with grace and not be so angry. But when you go through all this pain and you've lost your parents and your spouse and your mother-in-law, and there's so much pain and hurt and it's constant, you can't even come up for air. That's right. That's right. And this was during the quarantine and this pandemic. It was like a whirlwind. Which was another layer of intense grief, right? Like it's like you've just had all of these different kinds of grief just piling up. And, and, and I, and I think, you know, it's, uh, I think what I'm certainly learning from myself is that this anger that we have that is usually hidden, right. And then we begin to act unconsciously from that place, not realizing that it's the anger and rage sort of roar in its head. Um, I mean, and that's also teaching us a thing. And, uh, and so it's, uh, and, and, and it's on both sides, right? Yes. But my son is the one who said it best. He said, mom, speak your truth. Cause my sister-in-law was here and I was shaking. I was so upset, but I didn't want to rock the boat. Uh-huh. Said, mom, speak your truth. And in that moment I realized, okay, he sees, he understands. Yes. A lot of healing and growth there. It's almost like he gave you permission to be authentically you. He did. And I was. Yeah. (laughs) It's just uh, now a more uh, improved version. Yeah. And it sounds like a little bit of Brian and him speaking through him to you. So, so very true. Brian was so very serious and he had it together. I have to say he really did. (laughs) Yes. Ah, wow. It's um, the story of our lives. You know, there was a soap opera back in the days called Days of Our Lives. Yeah, yeah. Is it still playing? <laughs> it it oh. might still be playing. I don't know. <laughs> um, yes, I'm going to admit I used to watch Days of Our Lives a long, long time ago, college, college era. So it's how I know the name of it. So don't judge me, please. No, I watched Young and the Restless. So there you go, Young and the Restless. So <laughs> we can we can keep going here, and I think that might still be on. Um, we don't need to watch it anymore. We're living. Oh God, no, we're living it. We're living. We're young. We're we might you know we're experiencing the days of our lives. We were once young and restless, and uh, <laughs> now yeah. we're bold and beautiful. <laughs> That's what we're doing. Yes. <laughs> 
bold and beautiful. Yes, yes, goddess, yes. I love that. Um, so uh, I'm going to look, let's look to um, wrapping up because I want to be mindful of your time and, and Max, your time with Thank Max you. as well. Um, this poem? Yeah, so I, I ask all of my guests who comes on to share a poem uh, with with us um, that touches their heart and could maybe inspire and, and shine some light onto someone who is going through grief. Um, so please. Okay. The one I chose that spoke to me is For Grief by John O'Donohue. Okay, I love him. When you lose someone you love, Your life becomes strange. The ground beneath you becomes fragile. Your thoughts make your eyes unsure. And some dead echo drags your voice down where words have no confidence. Your heart has grown heavy with loss. And though this loss has wounded others too, no one knows what has been taken from you. Mm -hmm. When the silence of absence deepens, flickers of guilt kindle regret for all that was left unsaid or undone. There are days when you wake up happy again inside the fullness of life until the moment breaks and you are thrown back into the black tide of loss. Days when you have your heart back, you are able to function well until in the middle of work or encounter, suddenly with no warning, you're ambushed by grief. It becomes hard to trust yourself. All you can depend on now is that sorrow will remain faithful to itself. More than you, it knows its way and will find the right time to pull and pull the rope of grief until that coiled hill of tears has reduced to its last drop. Mm. Gradually, you will learn acquaintance with the invisible form of your departed. And when the work of grief is done, The wound of loss will heal and you will have learned to wean your eyes from that gap in the air and be able to enter the hearth in your soul where your loved one has waited for your return all the time. Mm. I love that. I love that poem by him. It's it, it just he absolutely describes the grieving process. Uh, so eloquently um so i have four rapid fire questions that i want to ask uh before we wrap up um the first one is how do you define life now Mm. life is even more sweet Mm. life is so much more precious i never took anything for granted before but i did live in a bit of a bubble happy go lucky lara always smiling, not worried about tomorrow. Now I'm happy, but this is more mature. And when you're, you have that maturity and that happiness and that space, life is much sweeter. 
Mm. Not living in a bubble. The bubble has been popped. <laughs> it's real now. It is real. It's real good. Real. It's real good. Yes. Yes. It's real good. What is love to you? Oh, love is everything. Mm-hmm. Here all the time. There's nothing better in life than to love and be loved. Mm. And I have the strong feeling in a vision that I have that I will experience this again in a lifetime. Amen. I feel it very strong. Yeah. Yeah. It gives me, it fills my heart because you've got to love yourself first. That's right. And I have that and I can buy myself flowers and all of that. Absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. Yes. Yes. And then you create that space when you're ready and it will happen. And just trust it. Yes. So I have a list of things just off the top of my head of what qualities that I wanted in this person. And I just put out there. And that's the start. Perfect. With any of our visions, write it down, put it out there. Right. And it will happen. Perfect. I love that. What is your definition of healing? Healing. Healing is definitely your beautiful mess that you talk about that cocoon. It's messy. It's ugly. It's, oh, it's so real. It hurts. It Mm. hurts so bad. Mm -mm. But you can pull yourself out of the mud. If you think of pluff mud, I grew up in Charleston. So there's all this pluff mud and you just sink in it. And I just visualize healing as you're stuck in that pluff mud. And the way to heal is to pull others out, keep pulling others out. And then you have enough strength to pull yourself out Mm. from those deepest places. And that's how I see healing. Mm. It is that beautiful mess, that cocoon. And then you come out from that worm-like, sticky, nasty, Mm -hmm. beautiful butterfly from widow to goddess. Yeah, yeah. Reminds me of the lotus flower that grows out of murky water. Right. Yeah. 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 And finally, what advice would you give to another goddess who might be going through a loss of a beloved? Yes. Since uh, all this has happened three years ago, uh, the shock was probably the hardest thing. And when I have other widows that come to me, they're in shock. And I, tell them to give themselves that time and space and permission to heal. Mm -hmm. And that's okay. And and set boundaries with grace. If you can to create that space, whatever you need in your life, it makes all the difference for you to create that space, whatever they need. So what makes you happy is what I would ask. Is it flowers, candles, beautiful music, that's how I started. It was a Nora Jones CD and I kept listening to it over and over and over because her voice was so soothing. And that helped me heal in the very beginning, just so I can get at, pull myself out of the mud and go through another day. Mm-hmm. So whatever makes you happy, do more of that. Now, mm. if, it, if it's uh, retail therapy, be careful. <laughs> 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 you know? But uh, whatever makes you happy, do more of that. Getting out in nature. I I went hiking, biking. Um, I love the water, paddleboarding, kayaking. Get outside. 
Yes. Get in nature. Yeah. Really yeah. use your senses that you have in this plane yeah. to take in all that beautiful energy. Yeah. It's, it's like coming back into the body because so much of grief, especially if you've gone through sudden loss, you're all of a sudden not embodied anymore. You're mm -hmm. outside of your body. And so I feel nature is the perfect, uh, uh, uh medicine, um, for especially the first year of grief. It was for me. Yes. Um, I, I had to go, even though it was frigid cold in the winter time, I would just go and sit in the park and just look at the lake and feel the oh. sun and feel the cold, like the cold breeze yes. was like life. Cause yes. I could feel, you could feel, I, yes. I could feel. I'm like, so numb. yes, exactly. So yeah. Yeah. So thank you so much for sharing your story, sharing your advice, being vulnerable. Um, and, um, and I'm so, so, so happy, um, where you are now, um, and, um, where you'll continue to grow into your most beautiful goddess self. And, um, and so happy that you and I have reconnected on this brand new path that we're both on. Thank you. I'm very grateful. Yeah. Thank you. And thank you everyone for listening to another episode of Not a Widow But a Goddess. Wherever you are on this earth plane, uh, wishing you blessings, peace, and love. Until next week, be well.